It's the Dogcast, episode number 265, me and the Count, back in the bunker, and the biggest news out of Athens, no major injuries. of the Dogcast is supported by Stitcher Smart Radio, offering the Stitcher mobile app. With Stitcher's free app for mobile phones, listeners can get the latest episodes of the Dogcast along with thousands of other podcasts on demand without downloading or syncing. The free Stitcher Smart Radio app can be found in the iPhone and Android app store or at stitcher.com slash dogs. All right, dog fans, it's the Dogcast, the original, the best, the your your friend, the show by fans for fans, show number 265. It's me and still my guest host, Drew the Count from Athens. Drew, you're back in the bunker. You're, it's the second show for you, man. Did you have a better chance? Did you have a better time getting through security this time? Well, I, I know all the guards now. They were just slapping on the back saying, hey, the county's back, you know, so a lot better time getting in this time. It didn't, you know. I had to. Pl- it didn't have to plan, you know, next to thirty minutes for security and all that. So it was nice. Now you're a show veteran, dude. I mean, you're you're yeah. not you're not a rookie anymore. You're not a newbie anymore. <laughs> exactly. So we've had eight practices since we last did a show, and uh, you know, it really hasn't been a terribly exciting week. I think the most important, most uh, noteworthy things have really happened off the field. You know, we had the SEC expansion talk, and mm-hmm. we've had the Ray Drew scooter incident, and we're going to talk about scooters. And but um, you know, and we had you know all the SEC expansion talk and different things like that. Um, you know, camp is over. We're now school is going. Uh, we're into regular football practice. Got to guess what they call regular football practice now, not camp anymore. Um, so, so they don't have tents anymore at Butts Mayor? <laughs> yeah, they were, no, we're, we're not camping anymore. Now we're like real students, man. Okay, no more bonfires at night. <laughs> no more guitars. s'mores. No more s'mores. No more guitars at night around the campfire. Graham's they, not taking the flashlight, put it on his chin, and doing that <laughs> stupid face. That do. Talking about his golden arm. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, we're out of camp. We're down to regular practice now, you know. Um, let's, let's cover injury talk. Um, Big, the most noteworthy. We really don't have any uh, serious injuries. No knee tears. No. No. No significant <laughs> hammies. You know. Nothing like what they got going on in Arkansas, my friend. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, that is a shame. I, and you know, we have nothing like that. Uh, uh, Richard Samuel still out um, with a quad. You know, his thigh is uh, a little, you know, a little uh, burned up a little bit, but he's okay. Coach Ball says if he had to play a game tomorrow, he could play a game tomorrow. You know. Um, mm-hmm. same thing with Isaiah. Um, he's got the groin, you know, the sore groin stuff, but, um, but I, I don't think, I think it's really just precautionary at this point. Have you heard anything well, different? I mean, from what we've heard and, and things that from Isaiah, he just kind of blew it off and says, not a big deal, not a big deal. The thing for me, when I, I always default have my rose tinted glasses on, like, oh, he can play tomorrow, full speed, 100%, no problem. On the other hand, Groin injuries are kind of one of those things. They're a little bit like ham. You know, they kind of they, they tend to 
stick around a little bit longer. You know, if you if you mess up a wrist and elbow, those things once they're healed, they're kind of gone. Groins have a tendency to linger. Now, hopefully, there's this thing where we kind of maybe caught it early. It's really not that big deal. It's, this is more preventative of keeping it out of practice in terms of he could play. He's not hurt. He, we just don't want him to become hurt, so that's why we're kind of keeping him out. So if that's the case, that'd be a lot better. You, but you can never tell. You're not. We don't know what his pain feeling is. You know, we're not him. So hopefully, it's one of those things where we're just going to make sure this doesn't become an issue. So we'll give him a couple of days off. He'll be back, and it, it, we'll never hear about it the rest of the season. I do agree with you. Hamstring and groin injuries for a running back do have a tendency to be kind of a lingering kind of thing. You know, what I mean, right. and so if we give him a week off to make sure it doesn't linger, I'm down for that. Sure, for him just studying the, him just studying the playbook, I'm all in on that. Get, I totally getting those, agree. Get, getting that pass protection, man. That's, that's all. It, that's know. right, man. Because you know one thing, he could. He could be the he could be better than Herschel Walker, but if he misses two two uh, pass blocks, he's gonna be around the bench. His ass is on the bench, man. We we are all about pass protection, you know. Exactly. Don't don't get me started on that, man. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so um, you know, let's talk. You know, let's talk about the Ray Drew injury, um, because you know, everybody is really exercised about this Ray Drew and the scooter thing. Scooters continue to be just the bane of the Bulldog program. I mean, between driver license renewals and damn scooters and felony emerging from alleys and stuff, scooters, transportation issues just in general, big problem I mean, I, for the dogs. I, I have a funny story. When I, when I was still in school, um, me and my buddy were waiting at a bus stop, and we see uh, Stafford and a couple other football players, and they're, they're uh, kind of off on the where the bus stop is, and they're just going. They're not flooring it, but they're going 15, 20 miles and just – Right on the curb and then just just straight dropping off the curb and, and my buddy yells out, whoa whoa whoa, take it easy, slow it down, Stafford, big season, big season, you know. <laughs> Jeez, I know you're on a scooter, man. Come on, just yeah, like you know, let's let's keep the risk low, you know, keep it to keep it five to ten. Let's just kind of you know take it down a notch, guys. You, man, those damn scooters, they buzz around like they're like bees on those things, you know. I mean, yeah. and I get it. I mean, look, campus, especially for those of you who've been away from campus they, for a while, or maybe they do all wear helmets though. Yeah, they do wear helmets, but I'm talking about the ease and convenience of a scooter. People don't get it. Why People want to know why they use scooters. If you've ever tried to park, if you're running late, if you're trying to get to class, there is. if you're trying to get somewhere in a hurry, there is no better, faster, more efficient way to do it than on a scooter. No, you, know, you can abs- park absolutely. at the door. You can every single building on campus has like scooter parking at the door. If you're mm-hmm. in a car, gee, God help you if you're a commuter in a car. You're parking in another area code. You know, you got like you have layovers on the orbit bus. Hell, you're lucky. <laughs> you're you're lucky if you can. You have to start a different day to get to class. You know, I mean, you, you have like I said, you have layovers on the orbit bus. So th- there's a good reason why everybody use them to why they're so popular it's because they're cheap easy convenient and fast you know i mean i mean derek i lived at east campus where all the football players live especially when they're freshmen and sophomore. i lived there for uh some time in athens and it took me about 30 minutes during peak class time to get from east campus to north campus to get to class i mean you had a point you know 30 minutes whereas a scooter ride it takes about four minutes yeah i mean and, and if, and if it's door to door Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying it's door to door. I mean, you can park. The best part is it's just the parking issue is what people don't understand. Yeah, a absolutely. scooter can park anywhere. Oh yeah, scooter. I mean, literally, there's so much scooter parking that it will never fill up, and it's yeah, it's, it literally is door to door. 
Yeah. So I'm just, you know, I kind of made a tongue-in-cheek comment this week about scooters. Maybe we should ban scooters. Really, scooters aren't going anywhere, okay? We're not really going to ban scooters. Guys have just got to be a little more careful, you know? So Mm -hmm. Ray Drew, you know, he banged up his scooter and sprained his shoulder. You know, it's not season-threatening or anything like that. We're lucky it wasn't worse. I mean, you get your damn knee pinned. You know, you can really get hurt on one of those stupid little things. I mean, mean, people, it's, it's upsetting, but on the bright side... It's nice that it's just a small shoulder sprain. I mean, people can really get hurt on these things. If he had hit another car, I mean, the the, the driver, what's the the driver's side impact of those things is not five star rated. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. There's nothing between you and the and a sheet metal except air. You know, right? right. Um, you're exactly right. But um, and, and Derek, can I ask you a question? Sure, man. Why did the the cops show up? Is is there some sort of thing when uh, you know? A yeah. big football player's on a scooter that, like, the freaking Batmobile light goes on <laughs> and the ACC are just swarm, swarm, football player, scooter, go. Dude, they're like volunteer firemen. You know, have you ever known any volunteer firefighters? I mean, they're just looking for a reason to swing into action, you know, to put yeah. on the bulletproof vest and pull, you know, I mean, look. Campus cops, Athens police, you know, Athens Clark County police, they are, like you said, if you see a 6'4, 240 pound guy on a scooter, they're, they're just following them, waiting for something to happen. Yeah. You're exactly right. I mean, I think they have a special radio code for a football player <laughs> on a scooter, you know? All units respond. All units respond. Uh, I'll tell you, I, you know, I mean, I, that's a whole nother show when we start talking about yeah. campus police and stuff. That's true. But um, that's uh, yeah, it it definitely is something that um, that the players have just got to be. You know, it's just a, he's a freshman. You know, he's got to get he's got to get his scooter skills down. He's got to learn the playbook. He's got to learn his scooter. Yeah, you got to learn the slide. There you yeah. go, man. <laughs> get down, get down. Um, he's got to get those big three-inch jackets, you know. And just you know. yeah, exactly. But you know, other than the, the couple injuries, you know, let's talk about actual football news out of the practice. You know, Malcolm Mitchell continues to impress. Um, a guy who's made a big move, who we've all been waiting to make a big move, just like Chris Durham. You know, you know, we had Chris Durham on the show. The last show I did before we had you on, mm-hmm. um, Chris Durham came right. on and uh, said that he really expected guys like Marlon Brown, specifically he targeted Marlon Brown, Tavares King. He also said Israel Troop, which I don't think that's working out right now. But uh, he said that those guys are really going to emerge from the shadow of Chris Durham and A.J. Green and really show their stuff. And I think for Marlon Brown and Tavares King, that is really happening. Uh, Marlon Brown is really becoming the kind of receiver that we all hoped and expected he would be two years ago. Yeah, I mean, it, having a good rotation there, that that could be really exciting. Because, I mean, last year we really only had A.J., Chris Durham, and Orson Charles' guys who were you know, decent to legit Playmakers. Sure. I, I think I think some of the other receivers they weren't bad. They're not, you know. I'm, I'm sure you know it's not, nothing against them, but they weren't. They're not like playmakers. Mar- they're no, they're not Martres Milner is what you're saying. But uh, <laughs> you know they're, but they're not Muhammad Masakwa either. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. I, I got you. Somewhere between the, the two, the MM bookends, you got Martres <laughs> Milner on one end, you got Muhammad Masakwa on the other end. You right. know, uh, I'll let you guys figure out which end is which, but. Um, you're right. I mean, Tavares, Tavares King, I think, in, is going to step up this season. I think he's got the right mindset to be a vocal leader, and Actually, I think well, he's got the skill set, too. I, 
I take that back. Tavar, Tavares King last year could make plays. He, he's he's he was a legit deep threat, and I I think that him he might be the number. He's probably going to be the number one receiver this year. And yeah, he definitely I, is. I do like him. I really think that he he could be a guy that can make plays. Yeah, he's definitely going to be our number one this year. Um, and then you know. Then you've got, uh, you, and really, you got Marlon Brown right there. You got Malcolm Mitchell. Those guys are competing. Uh, Israel Troop, um, Rontavius Wooten is another mm-hmm. guy out there. I think Wooten is ahead. You know, Malcolm Mitchell's actually, I think, moved ahead of Israel Troop on the on the depth chart. Man, how what kind of freaking wake up call is that for Troop? You know? Yeah, Ma- Malcolm Mitchell though is perfect for that number three slot guy. Quick. Shifty, that's what you want. You don't need that, you know. Great cut. Size or whatever. You need that real quickness and that, that separation in an instant. That's what you need over the middle and the slot receiver. I think I think that he would be perfect in the slot spot. Yeah, the guy changes direction and, and accelerates really freakishly fast. Really? That's, that's, why, <laughs> that's why Wes Welker just excels at the slot receiver position in the NFL. It's it kind of that because he can change direction on a dime. Right. And he's not really a deep threat, you know. I mean, he's not a, he's not a sideline burner, but he does what he does over the middle really good. Now, I think Malcolm Mitchell's a legit deep threat as well. But, yeah, he probably can do both. Yeah, I think he can do both. But, but I uh, think, but from what I've heard, his forte is his agility and quickness. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of guys that can run sprints and you know do a sub eleven hundred meter dash. I think he can do both. Right. Um, we've had coaches, you know, uh, Coach Ball, Coach Bobo, you know, they've been yelling at the guys, and then they praise them a little bit, you know. Um, uh, other players that are staying out on defense, you know, um, Kwame, uh, Kwame Gathers continues to be ahead of John Jenkins on the depth chart, which is a real testament to how far how far Kwame Gathers has come. Because, you know, John Jenkins, you know, you talked a lot, he's this year's, he's this year's Cam Newton as far as junior college guys go. Um, well, maybe more aptly this year's uh, Mount Cody or yeah yeah well yeah but I mean like coming off of a JUCO like Cam right. Newton did you know I, I mean guess, well, yeah I, I guess that's right I guess he did to do a JUCO yeah or was yeah. it a JUCO or whatever it was yeah exactly but um I also you know just for what it's worth I think we're really gonna I, I don't expect to have John Jenkins more than one season I think we're gonna have John Jenkins this one season and that's it um I do also that's... I kind of think Ray Drew's gonna redshirt too I mean uh I think he's gonna redshirt but that's just Ray me Drew towards, yeah I think Ray Drew's gonna redshirt what do you think Whoa, uh, I mean, before the scooter thing, I thought there was no chance. I mean, he was, you know, I, I maybe not pushing time, but he was a, you know. Have, a, have, a, a, have you really heard a lot about? I mean, I know Rager's getting a ton of reps and stuff, but um, I, mean, I think that's all you can ask for. I mean, and especially this kind of three-four thing, and you're gonna want to have guys taking blows and guys oh, that are gonna be rushing off the end. I mean, Cornelius Washington has been, you know, he's, he's been. I, Less than my expectations. I had really high expectations for him. I thought he was going to be a beast, and well, he's been less than that so far. He's so, a beast. I think he is a beast, but he's been less than stellar when it comes to durability, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just not been on the field as much as, as he should be. You know, I think he's got the tools to be a monster, but he, I haven't seen that in the games yet. I just don't know. We'll see about the Ray Drew thing. I'm just I'm just kind of throwing it out there. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying I'm uh, inside. You know, uh, but I, I'm just telling you. I just, I just got a got a little if feeling I was there. Man, I'd bet against you, Derek. That's all I'm going to tell. All right then. All right. Well, you know, I like that. I mean, uh, old dogs bet against me before too, and I mean, hell, he had to pull his pants down on the 50 yard line one day. But, bet against uh, you or uh, wage war in his opinion. <laughs> it's all the same. That's not old dog. I love old dog. Don't it's all the same for him, you know. Um, <laughs> exactly. You know, um, but as far as players go, um, 
you know, Damian Swan is also continuing one of these new, one of these freshman guys that's really making, um, you know, really making his mark on the defensive backfield too. You know, um, Coach uh, Lactose was talking about how, you know, the guys are, you know, he's been getting on to guys about having, you know, having DBs jam receivers at the line, drive them out, uh, you know, effective sideline management and stuff like that for the defensive backs. And I think Damian Swan has really, uh, really shown up well, as as good as you can expect out of a freshman. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always encouraging. I, for whatever reason, just kind of the defensive back as a whole I'm really excited about there's the new guys the guys that are you know they've been here a little bit longer and sticking around I, to me just the the thing that being in coach lactose's system for another year coaching with him you know we, we mentioned it last week turning around and going after balls in the air these whole sort of things I, I'm really excited about the defensive backfield just as a whole including Swan including you know everyone I tell you I wish I could say I was excited I mean I'll be honest with you I'm excited about the potential. I mean, you know, we got guys like Rambo and Boykin, Sanders Cummings, Brandon Smith. Those core guys have, like you said, they've all had extra time, an extra year. They're they're really in the no excuses category. And they have such a deep skill set, and the talent is unmatched. Yeah. However, but but still, I can't say I'm excited until I really see some output. I'm going to... that's the only position on the field, I think. Defensive backs are really the you're I'm I'm like, you're gonna have to show me. I mean, yeah. I've been burnt so many damn times <laughs> pulling for defensive backs to be great. I mean Prince Miller and Asher Allen going way back, you know. I mean, I've just been since Trey Battle left, I've been waiting for a guy. You know, even look even with guys like Greg Blue and Thomas Davis, I love those guys because they were such big hitters, you know. But man, God, we haven't had a really crazy good coverage thing in in a long time, you know. And, since uh, Mr. Bailey. Yeah, I, was, I don't want to say since Champ Bailey, but God Almighty, I mean Trey Battle was pretty good, and he got a lot of picks, you know. Hell, Asher Allen's playing in the pros, you know. But man. Boy, we we just have not had a whole lot of production out of our coverage in the defensive backfield. Yeah. And maybe it's just that I haven't been burned as many times as you have, but... I know. What are you, like 12 years old, dude? Come well, on. I'm turning... Were you 13. even born when Champ Bailey was playing for the... I mean, yeah, I was in middle school. I'm okay, sure. dude. I mean, I'm over here talking about guys like Scott Warner and stuff. You know I mean? I know you were not born when Scott Warner was playing. I, I, was, bo- I was born post... Yeah, well, let's see. Terry Hogue, Scott Warner. I'm, I'm going deep on you there. AHW. I was born after Herschel. Yeah, you and, and Holy crap, dude! You weren't even born when Herschel that, Walker was playing. I, I was born seven A. Yeah. Okay. Let's <laughs> let's let's move on. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. I, I'm I'm excited about the defensive backs, and I'm the other way. You have to show me you're going to be bad, and that's just me being an optimist. But so we'll see week one whether. Whether, you know, I'm being too optimistic or you're being pessimistic oh, or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to find out week one, buddy. Because mm-hmm. Kellen Moore is going to bring his little road show down to Athens. We're going to find out. I mean, to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Two other things I want to talk about real quick before we wrap up this show. New uniforms and SEC expansion. Um, you go ahead and tell me what you think about what what is the extent of your knowledge of the new uniforms. Because, you know, people are freaking out about the new uniforms. 
<laughs> they're new to uniforms, Derek. You know, I'm talking about the I'm talking about the the uniforms, the the pro combat uniforms for the boys. Oh, stay that down. crap! Ah, who cares? Whatever. It might look a little different. It's just Nike trying to get publicity and sell Dude, some more who, of those shoes. Have you seen the press this is getting? I just kind of want to put it to bed. I'm not really going to put it to bed because nobody's going to put it to bed until picture day. They're going to reveal the new uniforms. They're going to be green. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have that little diamond plate. I don't know. That diamond plate shit like Oregon has on their shoulders. You know what I mean? I I, I hate Oregon uniforms. They have wings and di- – but anyway, they're going to reveal them, I think, this Saturday, um, picture day, August 20th, is when the new pro combat uniforms for the Boise State game are going to be revealed. And nobody's supposed to know until then, and people are freaking out. Red pants, red jerseys, red helmets, silver helmets, all black. Let me just – throw my two cents in here. Here's what I've heard, and I'm not reading this off blogs and stuff. I've heard the the silver helmet deal is a go. The silver helmets <laughs> with the red stripes, red jerseys with black sleeves, and and authentic, real, honest to goodness, silver britches. Listen, sh- show me a empirically peer-reviewed academic study that shows High school football four and five star recruits are swayed by jersey choices, and I'll be all about this until it, I see that. I don't give a shit. Show right? me, show me a time when manufactured enthusiasm of a new jersey or whatever really lasted for four full quarters. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You, you can't manufacture enthusiasm. So let's just drop it. I mean, forget the whole what color shirt are they gonna wear? I don't I give don't, a crap about what color shirt they're gonna wear. I, I, silver, red, green, aqua, purple, whatever it is, I don't care. If it's got a G on it, we're going to cheer them on. They better try hard. If they don't, I'm going to be mad. If Let's win, tackle some damn ball carriers. Yeah, How about I, that? How about you tackle the ball carrier, score some touchdowns, make some first downs, hat. put a hat on a hat. I don't care what color your hat is. Mm-hmm. But I did want to get on the record. It's going to be silver helmets, red and black jerseys, and silver pants. But, hey, that's just me. Um, All right. SEC expansion. I know you're all excited. You want to talk about SEC expansion, so we're going or lack the lack thereof. Let's talk a little bit about SEC expansion. Well, I mean, last summer was just nothing anywhere related to football at all. And I don't care about baseball or basketball or whatever's going on. There's, you know, but man, conference expansion last year it was it's a Big Ten gonna get the 16. It, to me, it's riveting. Okay, I'm I'm totally into it. And then now that you throw the SEC in, I'm enthralled. But here's the thing. So A&M, most of you guys know this, but we'll just I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. A&M, with their kind of leaked information from some school officials, you know, there's this politician named Rick Perry who was a, a he was a yell leader. And if you don't know what that is, you can Google it. But they're A&M's weird, but they're, they, they've got a strong culture. That's strong, weird culture at A&M. They're big and, on this 12th man thing. Their fan base is legit. Yeah, no, they're good, but it, it's a little weird. You yeah, know? it is weird. I'm kind of into girl cheerleaders. You know, you, I don't care what way you swing at all, really. But, I mean, for me, I'm more of a traditionalist in terms of cheerleaders being female. That's just me. Okay, <laughs> that's not it. That's just, you know, I don't, I don't need a guy wearing – 
you know, cowboy boots and whatever. And is, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to throw anything on you know, I actually, I respect that program. I respect that school. Is it, is it more or less weird than West Virginia and their fetish about setting couches on fire? <laughs> I, Derek, when I was, dude, 18, that's weird. Okay. When I was 18 and stumbling the halls of Creswell Hall, there's nothing more I want to do than burn a couch. So I understand. West Virginia people love burning couches. Okay. They, I thought that's I mean, weird. <laughs> Hey, don't knock it till you try it, Derek. Have you well, burned a couch? I mean, it's like their thing, though. It's not like, oh, we burned a couch. It's <laughs> like they plan it. Oh, we're going to burn some couches tonight, you know? I mean, it, that's their – we're going to ring the chapel bell. They're going to burn couches. That's, that is weird. It's weird yeah. the way they talk about it. But anyway, yeah. back to A&M. All right, so A&M, so they have this Rick Perry guy who's going to run for president. He's the governor of Texas. He went to A&M. He's a big, big A&M guy from what I understand. Anyways, they're all in a muff about this ESPN – Longhorn Nation that UT is putting on. <laughs> yes, so they're kind of miffed about that, and they're kind of mad about the whole Big 12 situation. Anyways, they want to join the SEC. To me, if you read between the lines, the SEC wants them. We want. I think we're in the mode of we want to expand. However, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, but there's a legal concept, and I don't, I'm probably not going to screw the name, but basically you can't be a party that causes another party to break a contract. Right. So if we offered A&M – an invitation to the SEC, and they broke their TV contract with the Big 12, yes. the Big 12 could sue the SEC and have legal standing that we are liable for those losses or right. for whatever damages they entail. But so we can't I, – I think I agree with everything you said so far. And um, and I'll take Mike Slive. I'm not a huge fan of Mike Slive, but I do respect the guy. He's a smart guy, and he is a lawyer, actually. And yeah. uh, you talk about a guy who has a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, and a plan D. Mike Slive does not get caught watching the paint dry, dude. Yeah. And no, I, he's going to no, do the right thing, and he's going to – I think – I mean, I just – I just, I'm not okay, – I can't say I'm compelled by it the way you are, but um, – I do think it's kind of interesting. I, I don't think Clemson deserves a place in the SEC. I don't want to see Clemson. I, all the talk when I just hate it when it gets crazy. People start talking about <laughs> Virginia Tech and Clemson and Missouri, and it's gonna be, we're going to I don't know SEC is going to be hell. If you listen to the guys on TV, it's going to be 18 teams. You know what I mean? It's crazy. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I disagree with you though. I think Clemson is a better fit than multiple teams in the SEC currently. Oh, uh, I wouldn't disagree with that. No, I, I'm, now, if you're going to put that on the table, though, I, mean, I do agree that Clemson would be a better SEC school than some schools that are in the SEC right now. Right. But you know, what, you know what, Derek? Let me let me just tell you a brief story. I'm gonna I'll, I'll keep it short, but uh, please. So there yes, was I'm a, about to start snoring. <laughs> there was a weekend that Georgia played on Saturday. I went to that game. And then me and my buddy, his parents were Clemson people, so that he had Clemson tickets. It was a Monday game. Night game versus Florida State. So we decided, hey, man, we got tickets. You know, it's on Monday. Let's just go up and have fun go to the Clemson game. It's only about 45 minutes away from Athens. So we go. I don't have a Clemson shirt. I don't have a Florida State shirt. So I wore a Georgia shirt. And it was so interesting because every fan about age 18 to, say, about 28 was going, hey, Georgia, what's going on, man? You need a beer? You need, some, you know, whatever you need, whatever. You know, how how you doing? Man, great to have you. I hope you enjoy the game. I'm like, ah, oh, thanks. Awesome. Every fan around age, say, 35 to 50, <laughs> yeah. you lost, boy, what you doing here? Get out of here. You'll go back to Athens. It was so funny because the generation that remembered the Georgia-Clemson rivalry back in the 80s hated me. All yes. the new kids who don't understand that were all about Georgia. Yes. It was, and it was, it was such a unique perspective into human psychology. It was, it was amazing. 
I think you're right too. There's there's a huge validity to that because I'm telling you, I went to the, some of those games in the '80s in Death mm-hmm. Valley. You know, the David Treadwell kick, the, the Treadwell versus uh, Kevin Butler. I mean, it was a trading national. You know, one of the greatest stories I could tell you about the Clemson thing is when we went to when we we played and lost to Clemson. In 1981, mm-hmm. um, as I was leaving the stadium, you know the the general consensus amongst Georgia fans were you you know well you guys got the best of us today, but by God we've got a national championship and that's something you guys will never have. By God you'll never win a <laughs> national championship because you know that was that was the prevailing attitude amongst Georgia fans leaving the Three stadium. Later? Yeah, exactly. I mean, of course that was you know bought and paid for by Danny Ford, but hey. Um, you know, I like the Clemson Georgia rivalry. I'm glad we've got the home home thing going with them uh, in in a couple of years. I'm excited. I wish that was a. I wish I. Although there's no, you know, there's no real benefit to us playing Clemson every year. You know, that kind of goes against this whole the Greg McGarity Florida way. The out of conference teams being weak. We need to be Bye. playing the Florida A and M and all that crap. But um. Which I don't know. That's a man. We're all over the damn place here. We're, we're talking about a million things here. But you're you're right. That's a whole nother conversation about Derek, think, us think playing weak ass non conference teams. Well, think about it. what if they're in the SEC. That instantly becomes a renewed rivalry. You oh, could play Clemson every year if they're in the SEC East. Yeah, we could beat up on them every year. It'd be awesome. I'm, I mean, I'm down for that. I, to me, I mean, that game is 45 minutes away. They've got a good tailgate scene. We've got a good tailgate scene. I, I think I think it'll kind of kind of it won't be a bitter rivalry like the, maybe the older folks you know will maybe you know the people who remember the 80s won't but the young kids will just mesh and like hey you know I mean, really I had a blast with some of those clubs and guys and it was fun and and even if we were playing against each other I mean there's gonna be a little bit more of you know and you're always gonna have your bad apples but I think that would be a great rivalry to kind of just start fresh again and then kind of build up again I think that would be awesome so that's why I'm getting all excited about this stuff do you know who's against Clemson coming to the SEC that who's most against them coming to the SEC uh the the folks in uh well, I call it uh, post uh, post Katrina New Orleans, but you call it Columbia. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. I'm telling you, the Gamecocks. I don't care what they bring to the table. The Gamecocks would double it to keep Clemson out, because you know the Gamecocks stock and trade when it comes to the whole in-state Gamecock Clemson thing yeah. is. Uh, hey, we're in the SEC, and you guys are in the, that. That would just deflate the Gamecocks to yeah. in a way that they're not prepared for. Yeah, um, but I don't really care. I, I hate the Gamecocks. Well, and I, you know. I, I can't blame them. I mean, I would have the same uh, reservations about Tech joining the SEC. Yeah, exactly. It's the same, be the same sort of feeling because yeah. we do have a, a real air of superiority when it comes to the nerds and yeah. uh, and their whole conference. I mean, they they suck. The ACC sucks. You know. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, hey, Florida State does not suck. They've got they've had some years in the '90s where they were just downright disgusting. No doubt, no doubt. Much like much like Miami had some years in the '80s when they were good. You know. Well, Speaking of speaking of had is this, is this a transition? I've, I'm sensing a transition, Derek. Segway, dude. I just lobbed you a softball there, man. Take it out of the park. All right. I mean, um, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Uh, so you're you, you're you breaking this Miami story, right? I mean, you're you're on the ground in <laughs> South Beach breaking this Miami story. <laughs> well, I've got a reporter there, and he's and he's live. But <laughs> okay, I mean, it, it's I mean, if you think Jim Donnan. And his little old scuff with the Ponzi schemes, anything. <laughs> this guy's in jail. He had a nine hundred and thirty million dollar scheme, and he said he's 
paid thousands, if not millions of dollars. And he's admitting it openly. The, you know, most Miami players, 72 athletes from 2002 to 2010. It's just, it doesn't get crazy. Six coaches knew about it. This uh, is death penalty material for the University of Miami. You're absolutely right. Especially like uh, under the Donna Shalala, uh, presidency, this really is, this might be a self-imposed death penalty kind of thing. I, it is. As you said, this is death penalty stuff. It makes it makes what Jim Donnan did uh, look like romper room, dude. It's yeah. Sesame Street. Jim Donnan is Sesame Street compared to what this guy in Miami <laughs> did, dude. Yeah, um, exactly. It, it is a big deal. If you're not on top of this Miami story, you need to be on top of it because this guy's fixing to take the U yeah, downtown. Yeah, sports exclusive. This guy, Charles Robinson, I think he's been – there's been some rumors about of a Yahoo Sports, you know, bombshell coming out. So go Yahoo Sports. The 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 headline is Renegade Miami play, Football Booster spells out illicit benefits to players, and it's just it's man, it, wow. it gets. Yeah. One last one last thing though, in talking about the Jim Donnan thing. Did you see the handwritten, like his accounting, the handwritten notes thing? Dude, how well – I wouldn't sleep worth a damn if I had lost $2.5 million worth of Kendrell Bell's money. You know? Yeah. Kendrell Bell would eat Jim Donnan's liver. You know what I mean? He, he would break <laughs> Jim Donnan in half for $2 million, you know? Well, the, thing, the thing about Jim Donnan is – and I really – I mean I, I haven't – gone super deep into it but i've i've read the stories and everything i really think he was innocent at heart i think what happened here's what happened he found this investment firm thing whatever and he was making some good returns and the guy's like hey you know if you go out and get more money i'll give you a cut and he goes all right i'm making money i think it's a good deal he wasn't running it he wasn't running the books he wasn't doing the investments he was just he kind of became a guy that was got in early and kind of said, you know, hey, if you, man, if you bring more money in, you know, we'll all kind of we can hedge more things and do whatever it is to make more money. I'll give you a little cut. He goes out, talks to his friends, gets some money in. I really don't think he ever knew it was a Ponzi scheme or any sort of, you know, there was any sort of false things. I really think he was innocent. He just got screwed that he was kind of the guy that was pulling people into this bad thing. I do agree he was he was being played as a roper. But, I mean, you don't think at any time he sh- might have caught wind of, like, 70% annual returns might be a tad aggressive. Maybe there was some – maybe maybe there's something kind of shady going on there. But the thing is, when it's your money too, you just yeah. – you know, you get – you put those blinders on. I go, oh, man, I just made – I'm killing 70% it. 70% of my money. I He says I have 170% of what I had – up to, you know, a year ago, whatever. Sure. I need to get, I need to call my buddy Frank Beamer, get him in on this too, man. I want him <laughs> making money, you know. Uh, I'm get my I buddy Kendrill Bell in on this. Yeah, exactly. God, he's got so many people in on it too. Yeah, and you know, and I think he did the right thing once once he kind of figured out it was a sham, and he made all these cuts. I think he's trying to give that money back. And, you know, he, there's a whole yeah, and he you know, he did the settlement too. I mean, I I think he's settled the whole thing kind of out of court or whatever. I think he is trying to do the right thing, but yeah, and that's what you do. You when you do the right thing, that's the right thing is usually out of court, so yeah. doesn't, you don't drag each other into the thing. And I think it's gonna—he's gonna put it behind them. And I mean, Jim Don will be fine. It just sucks that UGA coach Ponzi scheme is the headline. You know? Yeah, on, on top of on on the back of the Jim Herrick deal. I mean, we yeah, uh, it was, yeah we just need a break there. And now we got Coach Rick, Coach Mark Rick. I mean, a shiny example, really, of right now what a coach can be when it comes to you know the whole you know the morality issue. You know, what I mean, who's, he, hey, he's who's, really who's above reproach. Need to call him up. <laughs> I don't know who his no, accountant is. I don't want to shady business. <laughs> 
All right, dog fans, listen. It's the Dogcast. It's by fans for fans. We're covering Athens for you. There's really, like I said, the, the, the boys are practicing. They're working hard. Coach T's got them. Uh, JT two's got them working. I, you know, something talking about strength and conditioning. How about how about Joe Tereshinsky on the field with injured players? You know, guys who are not participating in on-field workouts or you know not participating in practice. Coach T got them working out. They're not sitting over there riding on a damn bike or something. They're <laughs> Working, man. Coach T's got him working. I like that. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah. Well, here's here's last little question I want to throw out. And uh, Count, you can be thinking about this too. We need to start coming up with a Kool Aid recipe for this season. What is the Kool Aid du jour? I mean, is it going to be? I mean, are we talking about uh, Crowell Kool Aid? Is it the Aaron Murray train? Um, are we going to get early on this Malcolm Mitchell mixture? What is the Kool Aid of this season going to be, dude? Is it going to be the three-four, like three parts bourbon, four parts scotch? <laughs> uh, what is the what is the Kool Aid this year, Drew? That's what I yeah. need to know. Uh, you know, put me on the spot right now. Well, I, I, you, you know, you don't have to answer now. Just think about it. But if you've got, if you listeners out there have got some winning recipes, if you know what the hot Kool Aid flavor is going to be this season, clue us in. Email us at dogcast at gmail dot com, or better yet, call us at seven zero six three six three zero two one zero. Call us, leave us a message, tell us what you think. Um, Email us, uh, you know, let us know. Let us know what you think about Drew in the guest chair down here in the bunker. <laughs> Drew, you did a great job with show number two, man. Really yeah, good man. job. Yeah, you know what? I think I think I got a Kool-Aid for you. You're settling in. What's the Kool-Aid? I, I think I've got one, right? And then, Hit me. You know, all right, here it is. It's it's pretty straightforward. You take a Bud Light in the bottle, you take off the top, and you pour it into a nice nice mug. It's the Mark Rick Kool-Aid. We're going back to basics this year. Mark Rick's going to get – this is his revival year. You know, he's been – there's allegations of a hot seat, whatever. No, no more hot seat, just a nice, cold Bud Light from a bottle in a glass. Wow, and you, you're saying Mark Rick – Mark Rick turns it around – Pulls the program back from the brink, rallies after the six and seven. You know, you know he's averages eleven wins in a season where he has a quarterback returning. Did you know that? That's a little stat for you. There. I did know it was very high. I didn't know it was eleven, but I knew there was. Yeah, a, he was averages cold. eleven wins in seasons where he has a quarterback returning. So we got Aaron Murray coming back this year. Maybe the maybe the Kool Aid is Aaron Murray. I don't know. No, no, the Kool Aid, the Kool Aid's Mark Rick. The Mark Rick. Kool-Aid. You can play <laughs> beer pong with it. You can drink it fast. You can drink it slow. I've ever, I've, you know, if you do the can version, you can shotgun a Mark Rick Kool-Aid. You have no idea how much heat you're going to take. You know how many people are like, you know, there are a lot of people down on Mark Rick right now. Not, I'm not one of them, but man. Being, you know what, Derek? I'm drinking the Mark Kool-Aid right now. <laughs> you have got to sell that Mark Rick Kool-Aid, dude. You're going to have to sell it. You're going to have to work it. Work hey, it. You know what? If this season turns out five and eight, we're shit can and we're getting a new Kool-Aid. <laughs> We're going to then then you're, you're doing Keystone Light. You're going to be yeah, rocking Keystone Light by Christmas, my friend. Exactly. If we go 0-2 in the first two weeks, you might be rocking Keystone Light by the time we play Mississippi State. Yeah, so, man. Um, hey, at least it's smooth, right? Hey, dog fans. Thanks for listening. Like I said, write us at dogcast at gmail.com. Call us at 706-363-0210. Follow me on Twitter at dogcast and go to stitcher.com slash dogs to get us on your smartphone. 
smartphone without downloading or syncing. Thanks, Stitcher, for all your support of the show. And, uh, hey, we're getting close to football season, Drew. We're getting really close to the Georgia Dome. 17 days, 22 hours, 18 minutes, 40 seconds, according to GeorgiaDogs.com. Go dogs! Go dogs!